This is the second part of an interview we conducted with Professor Ernst Hoffen, a molecular geneticist and professor at ETH Zurich. If you're interested in the first part of the interview, you can find that at episode number five, where we look at how citizen science can transform drug discovery. In the second part, we'll focus on how we can translate science from academia into business and how the future of medicine could look like. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Flavio Rump, and this is Bio2040, where we interview thought leaders on the biggest bottlenecks and opportunities in biomedical research and drug discovery. So let's talk a bit about the biotech part you shared, and that's an interesting view. So you're there. Uh, tell us about what is what is that doing, and then also there, what are uh, challenges that are uh, specifically in, in translating science from, you know, labs here at ETH, and then we want to create actual medicines for people. What are what are the challenges? What is biotech marketing doing? And uh, what, what challenges remain? So to tell you first about the, the, the success of, of, of Schlieren. Mm-hmm. And, and the success is really a combination of, um, of a private um, real estate entrepreneur. GHZ, Gewerbe Handelszentrum Schlieren. Uh, who was uh, um, Krumenacher? Krumenacher is his name. His first name just forgot. He unfortunately passed away, but mm. his nephews and, 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 and sons are running now, running the the operation now. He realized he bought this land from Schlier and the mm-hmm. the wagon fabric that that made the train carriages. Mm-hmm. And in the seventies, I think they had to change to assembly line uh, production. And the land was just, the, the space was just too short to have an assembly line for train carriages. Mm-hmm. So they closed it down. It was a terrible, all the, the, the positions were lost. It was terrible. And, and Schlieren was sort of the ultimate suburbia of Switzerland. It was called their Abfallkübel, the waste bucket of Switzerland in, in the news once. Mm-hmm. So they really suffered from that. And then this, this guy actually took over the... Um, bought uh, the land from from the owner, the proprietor, also from Obwalten. So they met actually literally in a cafe and and, and, mm-hmm. and did this deal by Hanschlag mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and took this over and developed it into sort of, you know, uh, uh, Gewerbe, uh, car garages, uh, mm-hmm. tire garages, etc. And, uh, and then ETH needed some space and he said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll build some labs for you. Mm. I have never done that, but I'll figure that out. And so this very quick response then turned out that the first biotech companies went there, Cytos, Glycard uh, went there. And this agile way from the entrepreneur to build things at demand in in an incredible speed Mm. in a place like Schlieren where it was possible Mm. to build, Mm. Schlieren realized that this is not only just uh, garages uh, and supermarkets and and, and gas stations, this is actually high-tech that's coming here. And in 1999, from one day to the next, the, the Varro canteen was filled with PhDs, you mm. know, from this uh, from the startup companies. Mm. And so that speeded up the university hospital had to go there because they had no space inside. Mm. Some guy said, hey, but I need a cyclotron. And and Krummenacher said, I have no idea what a cyclotron is. <laughs> but, you know, I need us to generate these radionucleotides. And I said, okay, let's figure out. Within six months, mm. the cyclotron, you two and a half, 
meters diameter concrete walls mm. was built in in the basement. Mm. They negotiated for ten years in in the center of Zurich. So this combination, together with a mm. very agile Mario Yeni, who is the 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 the, the, the Geschäftsführer, the CEO mm. of mm. the Biotechnopark who has actually started a biotech company with me, also not very successfully, also in Schlier, mm-hmm. uh, had the feeling for, for what the companies need and, 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 and bring them together. So with a shoestring budget of the Verein Biotechnopark Schlier, which is about 150,000 or so per year, he builds this park together with the, uh, with the developers. And now we have Roche there, who has an, uh, their own research tower that's just, just finished now. They bought Glycott for 260,000, uh, uh, 260 million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's Franks. We have Molecular Partners there. We have Neuromune that has billions of dollars invested from, from, from Biogenitech and, and many, many startup companies. So... So it's it's the combination of this sort of private investor, mm. uh, real estate investor, and then uh, a know-how and spirit of Mario Yeni to to sort of uh, uh, see what is needed for the companies. That is one thing. And now to the shortcomings. Mm. I think the shortcomings still it's much better now, mm. but it's still the fact that our startup company uh, culture. And you can probably uh, 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 say something to that also, even at ETH, whether it is biotech, but there it's particularly mm-hmm. difficult because it takes a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, is that we have too many business plan competitions and, mm. uh, and business plan writing exercises mm. and so on. Mm. So if you're, a, if you're a student, everyone says, oh, you should start a company. Then you find your school friend who now does Handelshochschule in St. Gallen mm-hmm. and he will do the finances. And then you're going to around to, to write business plans and, 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 and uh, start in these competitions. And within one and two years, you will get some price somewhere mm. and then you will get some loan from ZKB or so mm. for 250000 And then, of course, you think you're great. You're now a bio-entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, one year later, the money is gone and then a real investor comes and says, what the hell have you done? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in genetic terms, our startup cultural promotion is mm-hmm. still somewhat dominant negative. It's not just mm-hmm. neutral. We're mm-hmm. doing too much and encouraging uh, the people too much. So you think we're, we're encouraging people that shouldn't be starting companies to start companies or that the science is sort of not good enough yet? No, no, or, no, no. Or, or... I think the science usually is excellent. Mm-hmm. I think we, we give them the feeling that they can become entrepreneurs mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I always say there are there are tens of thousands of entrepreneurship courses Mm. in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of a professorship course? There's not a single one. Mm -hmm. But what is a professor? Mm -hmm. He's an academic entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. But why is there no course for that? Because it is understood that you have to learn by doing. You learn from your peers. You go through your career. You learn from your other professors. Mm -hmm. That's precisely the same way you learn to become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Not by taking a course, but by learning from peers. Mm -hmm. And so what I've always been adamant about is that we should take much more advantage of the sort of attraction power of Switzerland as such. You know, we can recruit 
any professor to Switzerland, to ETH. Yeah, everyone wants to be here. I mean, you know, Switzerland, Zurich is nice. The salary is good. You get as much money as you almost want. So it's quite a paradise. But the same thing is true for entrepreneurs. If you have successful serial entrepreneurs from the United States or from Singapore, for wherever, and they, they started or they sold their third company or their second company, and they want to take a break. So you invite them as an entrepreneur in residence to Zurich, to ETH, mm-hmm. and say, you know, come here, you know, we give you a small salary and uh, for a year or mm-hmm. for six months, and you teach a course and, and talk to students. Your main idea is to walk around, talk to students, and so on. I tell you, after six months, you know, the family has settled into Zurich. The kids go to school without being driven there, and they say, you know, can't we just stay here? <laughs> and so then what does the entrepreneur do? He comes to you and says, hey, you know, that's a fantastic idea. But you go back to the lab and develop the idea. And I'm going to write a business plan. I, I'm going to, to, to contact my business contacts and my VC contacts. And then we're starting a company mm-hmm. that really goes on. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. So is the point that you're trying to make that the scientists shouldn't learn the business side or that they need patience and the patience is not not there yet no they they, they, of course they will need and and learn the business side and and some people can are naturals they can do it immediately i mean we have several uh, entrepreneurs who did that without many courses and so Mm. but now where speed and and time to market is, is is essential especially in these sort of biotech fields where it takes still very very long you cannot, it's nice and exciting to go to a business plan competition mm. or to get coaches and so on. Mm. But you find someone who knows this already, who's mm. already an expert, you have to find the experts in business combined with the experts in science. Right. And, and they have to understand each other. That's how Genentech was formed. That's why like most of the US companies are formed mm. also. Not trying to do everything yourself, mm. right? That's what I'm saying. There we're lacking. And that's why if you look at, especially in IT, mm. I mean, you know, the Technopark here, I'm also on the board of the Technopark. I mean, they have many companies there, but how many of these, you know, IT companies mm-hmm. is big? It's Doodle, right? Mm. And out of all, Doodle has been sold, I think, to Tomedia and, mm. and so on. So, so, Compared to the potential that we have, we have the brightest kids here at, uh, at ETH. We have to give them the opportunity and give them the chance to talk to entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they say, hey, this is, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. So, so this is one thing I've been hearing a lot in, in our interviews is, is especially also for, for biotech companies, that there's a, a really a challenge in, in, in scientists or you know some professors that they, have, they, they make an important discovery, but then they don't necessarily want to become CEOs and, and take care of all the business side. They, they may not want to, they may not have the skills. And so matching that with uh, somebody who's been maybe, has some experience in pharma, knows the, the right people at Novartis and Roche and knows the right VCs and they can bring that about. That would, that that is, do you agree that that's a bottleneck? That, that that's the absolute bottleneck yeah. In, yeah. in that. And, and, and as I said, we're doing too much to encourage people, you know, with 
I think, Pioneer Fellowships mm. that ETH now launched are great. Mm-hmm. So because they get you to to a to a stage where you can start to talk to entrepreneurs and VCs, mm-hmm. so that's good. But but then you have to bring in these experienced people, yeah. and they would come mm-hmm. because for a serial entrepreneur who is already a millionaire, uh, what he wants is to take a break, have a little bit more time with the family, and of course on his LinkedIn profile, you know, mm-hmm. entrepreneur in residence at ETH. Come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the grass mm-hmm. is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? Mm-hmm. We would like to be sort of rich and entrepreneurs and, and successful. But those guys often left university at the bachelor level, mm-hmm. so coming back and having this time. So it's a win-win situation. Right, right. Uh, let's let's uh, last question. Let's wrap it up by by looking taking an outlook to the future. Are there um, other than your own many projects that you're working on that are obviously going to hopefully make a big impact? Uh, is there uh, a technology or or a movement or research something that has you particularly excited? that You think is really going to make a, uh, a difference in in biomedical research? It doesn't have to be from ETH. It can be from from anywhere. But it's something that you're particularly excited about. Yeah, so so we are here at the Institute of Systems Biology, and 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 uh, and so one of the driving forces here is to do molecular phenotyping. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, everyone thought personalized medicine is about genome sequencing and genome, but the genome that you get from your mother and your father is stable, but the disease state that you have can be monitored by what you tell the doctor, but more and more by digital sensors. Mm-hmm. So that is one sign mm-hmm. that is going to to uh, digital health. Is going to revolutionize but then also the molecular uh, phenotypes and this is mass spectrometry on one side which is going to be very which you can make a, a picture of all the proteins in your cell and compare it to the diseased cell with a with a with a normal cell mm. and to as a early markers and uh, we've just we have one assistant professor here who who just joined us recently Berend Snyder he has a technology that's called chemotyping, mm-hmm. where he can use it, he can use automatic mi- microscopy. Take a blood sample. He splits this into you know thousand different wells and treats these wells with a thousand different drugs. And then, just by by having microscopes taking pictures and then computer uh, uh, imaging uh, analyzing mm-hmm. these pictures, mm-hmm. you can get an incredibly good way of how you react to this particular cancer drug. So Mm. they offer this already to physicians for a quick test. You know, you have so many uh, chemotherapeutic agents. Which one works best for you Mm. at this particular stage? Based on your blood sample. Based Based on your blood sample, pure image image Mm. analysis. Mm. Mm. Uh, And so this is is very efficient and complements the sort of the the, the mass spectrometry, which still you need a million dollar Mm. instrument. To, to, to sort of do that and, and, and so these technologies are coming so quickly and so it's the it's the molecular and phen- it's phenotype it's all about phenotype mm-hmm. because this is not only where evolution and natural selection uh, uh, you know harks on mm-hmm. but it's also what we want to treat and mm-hmm. the earlier we can recognize the disease we can move into more prevention and, 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 and health monitoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we will see also a, a change in the way the business works. You know, mm-hmm. now 
Novartis already says we're going to pay for performance, no longer just selling mm, you the, mm. these $100,000 drugs. So that is a tendency. But the other tendency is that with all these mobile health devices and these early detection systems, we can actually catch the diseases earlier and mm. keep people healthy, mm. which, will have, which will have us to rethink you know, how to finance hospitals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't go there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And elderly homes is the same way. Mm. Why do we build so many elderly homes? Mm. If you can rig your own apartment with all these sensors and, 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 and smart apps, mm-hmm. So that you, it's much, my parents are now, you know, 92 years old. Mm-hmm. They're, they're now back at home again. Mm. And they're much happier at home mm-hmm. than in an elderly yeah. home, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a much nicer way to, to, to die mm-hmm. than if you die as a vegetable in a hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of exciting things. Um, Esteban, thank you so much for taking the time and being on our show. I look forward to hearing more about uh, Midata and uh, the other projects you're working on. So thanks for having Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. It was great. This has been Flavio Rump and Luca Neff interviewing Professor Ernst Hoffman from ATH Zurich. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to uh, give us a rating on the iTunes podcast uh, store. And uh, if you're working in the field or know other people who should be interviewing, want to contribute or any have any comments or feedback, please reach out. You can reach us at flavio.rump at gmail.com. Looking forward to having you listen into our next show soon. Bye-bye.